Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. This is the podcast of, of for the civilized to uh, hear both sides of the argument. This isn't an echo chamber. We're here about hearing both sides and finding out and hoping that we actually have a lot more in common than we have uh, apart from each other. I'm always surprised at how much we do have in common than, than we're actually different from each other. And so uh, something that I don't think the media um, emphasizes enough. So today uh, we're going to be talking about is the country going in the right direction? Like, uh, and, and so uh, we're going to jump into this. And if you, you're new to this format, um, Ryan and Josh Cragen, brothers, uh, one's a liberal, one is a conservative. And they are of each uh, got questions prepared up beforehand that they're going to try to get the other to agree to. So um, first, a word from our sponsor. I was just thinking... Uh, about something to, I was thinking about the other day of like a pitch for it was the um, Lux, Lux bidets, right? So bidets. So like most people shower like once a day, right? You know, hopefully. And, and uh, I was thinking like, whenever I'm in the shower, I'm like washing out the cracks. And, uh, and it, the thing is, is like, yeah, you should, you, you, your butt's kind of a gross place. And you're like, the, the bidet is like, another an extra shower and in, in in that area it's like and i'm thinking you, you need all the showering you can get down there so i think it's like absolutely it's all good don't smear it yeah. around wash it out <laughs> we need to do another giveaway we need to uh i should reach out to them and see if they'll yeah. give us another one Let's okay go. i'll uh i'll make a note to do that cool yeah we'll get another uh giveaway going here um so, uh, yeah, let me just a little more background. So there has been we've had surveys of is the country going in the right direction? And this has been I'm, and I'm not trying to bring this. I think it's at an all time low. And um, now I can't I don't have a stat in front of me, but it's something like 80. It's in the eight, 70s or 80s. People are saying it's going in the wrong direction. Um, now, that's not recent in that it's been going down for a long time it was saying it was going in the wrong the, i think the majority of america was saying it was going in the wrong direction under trump but that that stat continues to go down under biden um and so this the, the question is is like okay what uh if it's going in the wrong direction then what is the right direction like what 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 does the country need and uh so, and we've all prepared some questions. I find that the easiest thing to do is to just jump in with one of these questions. Um, but I, let me just jump in real quick. I was going to start with this question, but I decided not to. Maybe the right direction would be not nuclear war. <laughs> since, I uh, don't agree. No, uh, <laughs> no agreement on this one. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because uh, Tom threw this topic out a couple of days ago, and ever since then, like every day, the headlines have been: "We're getting close to nuclear war, nuclear holocaust on the on the horizon." Well, you know, may- maybe if that wasn't the headline, maybe people would feel a little better about things. Thoughts, opinions. Well, is that your first point, or are we just like no? Uh, I, I was going to pitch that softball, but it would have been a little too easy. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was worth bringing up. Yeah, 
But isn't that, I mean, I think it's funny that like everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, and I think we could universally agree that nuclear war, I mean, but, yeah, it's probably, I think I did read something that the, that, that, that it's a bigger threat now. The last time it was like this high of a threat was like the sixties yeah, and yeah. Cuban um, missile war, crisis. probably, yeah. Like, yeah, probably Bay of Pig stuff. And uh, we, and you're like, okay, well, what? Right. Well, what is if we turn the car around, where are we going? Right. Which direction do we need to go? Um, but all right. I'm going to I'm going to dive in with uh, a question. We'll start with uh, Josh's question for Ryan. Um, Ryan, would you agree that we probably need a recession in a really bad way, as horrible as that will be? That's very interesting. So my approach tonight, because our topic's really broad. Uh, my approach tonight is I thought this first question would be interesting, but we could probably find agreement. The second one's going to be a little harder. The third one, Ryan's going to pitch a fit, but that's that's how we're doing it tonight. Um, Isn't that how most of our questions go? Yeah, usually. The, usually. Yeah, wait, wait for my third question. I'm doing the same thing. Nice. Um, but this I thought was an interesting idea. Nobody wants a recession, but I was listening to this uh, rich – uh, money guy, and he was saying that historically we've had a recession every seven years. Like with you know, that's the longest we usually go is like seven years, and we'll have a recession. But we've gone like uh, eighteen years or something. Uh, no, two thousand seven, we had a recession, so uh, it'd be like thirteen to fifteen years, something. Okay, like that. fifteen years, right? So that's that's almost double what it normally is. Um, and I was thinking about why I don't think we're going in the right direction. And I was at the supermarket the other day looking at tri-tip. That's my favorite cut of meat to smoke. It used to be like 15 bucks not that long ago when I started smoking. It was $75 for a not good-looking tri-tip. Wow. Yeah, that, that's why I don't think things are going in the right direction. So as, as horrible as a recession would be, um, because you know when I had my business in 2008, when that recession, I lost a third of my clients in a two-week period, just gone because people lost their jobs and it was that bad. So it's going to kick my butt to have a recession, but we need one because there's, we need to reset the inflation. We need to reset the housing market. And that's, it's going down a little bit with the feds raising interest rates, but we're going to, we need a recession as stupid as that is. Uh, and I think that'll, that'll fix a lot of problems, but any, any interesting discussion on this one? Um yeah. So my initial response is, do you really think that a recession will turn around everyday grocery item products or other products, right? So I, I get that it, it could certainly do that with houses, but houses are a, like a different class of good, sure. right? Yeah, we, we still they, have supply yeah, issues. Exactly. So So houses are complicated, but on the tri-tip, right? Let's say we do have a recession. Do you really think the price of tri-tip is going to come back down? Yeah, eventually. It's not going to be an immediate thing. It's that it's, expensive, it, yeah. It's crazy. I, like, that's insane. Or, or here's another example. This is not a supply issue. Um, just a couple, maybe 10 years ago, I used to eat at Burger King a lot because you could. they'd often have the promotion, buy one Whopper for a dollar, get a get another for a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. I could grab two Whoppers and be on my way and get back to work, right? And not that they're particularly great. They're they're okay. Um, and then a couple of years ago, it was, or just last year, it was buy, buy two Whoppers for six bucks, right? I went there last week because I was, I was in a hurry and there happened to be a Burger King. I paid $15 for two Whoppers and a drink. 
Wow. Fifteen dollars. Yeah. What the crap's going on? That's not a supply chain issue. This is inflation crap that we're dealing with. Because that cheap meat, I don't know what that's not beef. beef. I don't know what that is. There's a plenty of cats from Mexico that we're eating or whatever that beef is. I don't know, but that's not supply chain. You, you see what I'm saying there? A lot of this is inflation related. There are You're, supply. You might chains. have to become a one Whopper guy now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I can't even eat a full Whopper. Or I'd get fat. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I think I, I do think prices will come down if we're in recession. But they're but for 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 um, what do they call it? It's staples or whatever. It's the it's the oh staple the, goods. The yeah. Must, yeah, staple goods. It's so milk um, and bread, and it's eggs. not going to come down that much, right? Because basically, your demand is a pretty it's a pretty constant. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Josh. That like. Uh, a recession could reset some of the issues that we're dealing with with inflation. So it's not like I disagree with you. I, I just don't know that it would actually have that effect um, because inflation tends to go in one direction, right? So, I mean, it's rare that countries actually experience deflation, the yeah. inverse of that, right? So inflation just Very tends rare. to go in one direction. And as a result, I I would be astonished, like, okay, do you remember when when we all first dri- started driving the price of gas? Oh, it was like less than a buck. Or yeah, it was like a buck, buck right? Yeah. I remember paying ninety cents for a gallon of gas. Yeah, we're never going back there, right? And I get that it's fluctuated well, it, it, it's a, a lot. It's uh, just unlikely. It, the odds of it going back down to less than a dollar for a gallon of gas are basically zero at this point, right? I won't say they're zero because you never know, but it's not going back. Right. And so that in my mind, that's why I'm saying like, I get what you're saying. And it it would be nice if suddenly prices actually came back down, they will on the more expensive items, TVs, right? So maybe TVs will come back down or, you know, bigger items, but the the items that um, Tom just mentioned, staple goods, you know, the price of milk isn't really going to go back down to 50 cents a gallon, right? It's, it's going to stay at the three to $6 that it is. It's, I, even with a recession, I don't think it's going to go down dramatically. Might go down a little bit, but I don't know. And and that's a question. I don't know. I'm not an economist, or I don't I don't pretend to be an economist on TV or anything. I, I, I really don't know the answer to that. Well, Josh, is the bigger point you're saying is that hard times are going to make people are going to help the country get on track? Is that is that the big the point you're making? Um, that's that's a. Uh, something worth talking about. I wasn't going to go quite that deep into it because I think that is actually the case. When people just are fat and happy with lots and lots of money, um, yeah, th- things don't go well. And and infl- like the government pumped so much money into the economy, everybody has money and everybody's just being irresponsible and, and spending it on all sorts. Like, another example, and again, I, I actually agree with Ryan. I'm not an economist either, um, but things did... Uh, like uh, my house, I bought my house in 2008 um, during the recession. It was a short sell. When I tell people that what I paid for my house, they crap a brick. The the uh, insurance company wouldn't insure it for what I paid it for. They said a half acre lot in that area. No, we're you're going to insure it for double what you paid for it. And, and if I sold my house right now, I could sell it for about seven times what I paid for it. Wow. Oh, that's not an exaggeration. That's okay, awesome. So so things are. I mean, things do go down and, and you, you're both right. Some things won't go down because there's supply chain issues and this is very complicated stuff. Um, 
but uh, a couple of years, uh, five years ago, um, we made a, a sacrifice. So I, I was going to take off a lot of work that summer, and we bought Season Lagoon tickets, the local amusement park for our kids, and we went all the time, and it was great. And then uh, inflation started to creep up, and all of a sudden, people have more money, and all of a sudden, Lagoon was packed. So the next couple of years, we went like once or twice, and I went, screw this. Everybody had enough money to to just go do that kind of stuff. So it's no longer you're making a sacrifice to do that kind of stuff. Everybody has money. So when times are tougher, people are going to be more responsible. Um, and yeah, I think the price of a lot of this, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought it was worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you agree? I agree that it's definitely worth talking about. I don't know that any of us can can forecast the future, right? Uh, well, I agree the, with the principle. The principle. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with the principle. So it, it's not like I disagree. I'm just, I just don't know the answer to that, right? It would be, it would be nice sure. if that happened. But uh, I, don't know. I mean, I, I, to the overall point, I think that's a big reason why people don't think we're going in the right direction. It is because of inflation. So dang expensive. Like it, trucks. When I when I bought my truck, I paid like mm-hmm. twenty six thousand dollars, which was a lot of money. Yeah. Now a truck's like ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. For a very similar truck. Holy crap. And again, that's insane. Do you think five years down the road when the supply chain issues are all worked out for vehicles that it's going to come back down? Um, if nobody can afford trucks because uh, uh, nobody has any money. Yeah, I do. Because so, the, the market will, will uh, shift to meet the demand. You're both right in that, like, you know, Prices come down, right? They ebb and they flow. Yeah. And like, especially in 2008, right? They came way down and, and, but they ebb and they flow. And so a recession would bring prices down, but historically prices always inflate, right? And yeah. we, we inflate and, and, um, so that, so that everything goes, gets more expensive and in relative to what you're making, it's not always more expensive, but at least the price at least goes up. But, well, that's, uh, but that's usually that's, been the case. That's why pennies are worthless, right? What, what's yep. there, there's that show, the what a million ways to die in the West, right? And they're like, "I'll bet you a dollar," and they're all like, "A dollar? Like, <laughs> I've never seen a dollar." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, okay. Well, Josh. Right. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You want your question? No, no. You you got more to add? I I saw one of the late night talk show hosts was interviewing this hundred year old lady asking her, it was Jay Leno. So it was a couple of years ago. He's asking her about her first car she bought. Yeah. And she said it was like a really nice Ford for the time. She paid $400 for it wow. for a car. Yeah. Um, crap. So in the, in the early 1970s, one of my professors in college, his starting salary, which was a very good starting salary at an R1. So this is a, you know, a top level university was $7,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. $7,000 a year. And that was a good salary for a college yeah. professor. Yes. I was like, <laughs> but a house cost 30,000. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. a $24,000 house. And I was like, okay, right. I mean, I get that, but like, we're never going back to those numbers. Right. Well, right. But the general but direction the, is, it, but is look out. at the problem now. Um, houses are so expensive or I have, I have uh, some rentals down in Riverdale, two bedroom apartments. What I'm charging now, and I'm actually about $400 below market value. Cause I just, I didn't feel like it was right to charge people what market value is on those. Right. Every every comparable that I found was thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars a month, which is way more than my mortgage. Dude, that's okay? cheap for Tampa, and that that's cheap for. Uh, or I mean, yeah, yeah. It's cheap for anywhere, right? Um, how can people afford that? I, I don't know. 
college kids can't afford that. So we need to have some sort of reset. There's got to be a reset because people houses don't cost $30,000 anymore. The houses yeah, around me cost a million dollars now. It's insane. It's crazy. Uh, well, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the sign of the time. We're living in some fun times. Um, the uh, Okay, Josh, can we agree that the reduction in poverty rates and no one in the U.S. experiencing hunger would be a good direction for the country? I'm, I'm going pretty short on my points today. So currently about 11.6% of Americans fall below the federal poverty line, uh, which is about 38 million people. For one person, just so we know what the federal poverty line is, that's making $13,590 a year. Okay. Uh, if we go to a family of four, that would be 27750 Going off of the rent that you just described, Josh, Right. If you were making thirteen thousand five hundred ninety dollars, could you afford one of your apartments? That that would be literally your whole salary. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so the federal poverty line is not unrealistic. I mean, it's a, it's actually a pretty good gauge. So there are eleven point six percent of Americans living below the federal poverty line, um, which is disturbing, right? And then I actually looked up roughly 11 million kids experience hunger on a regular basis in the US. So just basic statistics, right? And that's why I asked the question, can we agree that a reduction in poverty rates and no one in the US experiencing hunger would be a good direction for the country? I hate kids and poor people. Screw them. <laughs> this is me throwing my own softball at you, right? Holy like I crap. can't throw a softer softball than that one. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's pretty lame. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for Josh to be like, no, no, actually. I did. I, hate, I know. I, but... I, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. that was easy, right? I mean, that's it's very can easy. We, can we nobody, head in that direction? Wants, nobody wants poor people. I think I, Josh doesn't want people to be poor and kids do not starve. Good. It, it's silly. <laughs> Politically speaking, a lot of times this is used as a straw man argument. I know. Yes, and that's why I was is. like, I'm that's actually really trying to establish common ground here, right? This is that's the whole point is we both agree on this. Everybody right? agrees on that. That's right. one of those stupid straw man arguments the, against Hey, will you out donate there. to this cause? And they're like, no, they're like, do you hate kids? Like, yeah, I hate kids. <laughs> no. Well, I do know some people who hate kids, but well, anyway. <laughs> yesterday I hated my kids. So <laughs> yeah. really funny right. story attached to that one. Anyway. Oh, well, yeah. now you have to tell it if you're going to yeah. just drop okay. something like that. Okay, so I'm at Addie's softball game, and her team, girls are, it's amazing watching girls play because they feed off each other. If one of them makes a bad play, the team just cascades into failure, and they just sucked yesterday. So I'm, like, annoyed because I'm sitting there for an hour watching this game, and I made my son Gunner come to the game. He didn't want to go. He wanted to stay home and play video games. So I pull out my phone because I'm not watching this game, and Gunner starts – he's, like, mad, and, je- and my wife's like, what's wrong? And he says, I'm bored. I said, yep, I'm bored too. And he just points at my phone. He's like, I don't have a phone. It's like, oh, well, good point, but you're a kid. You should use your imagination. Go have fun. So he runs off and he's playing with the other kids. The game ends and we walk over there and my youngest, she's taking her shoes off and my two boys are throwing their, they've stand, they're standing like 30 feet away from a garbage can and they're throwing her shoes in the garbage can for fun. And it's full of nasty garbage. They are being creative. And I get mad. I'm like, what the crap are you guys thinking? (laughs) And Gunner looks at me and goes, 
Imagination. <laughs> He's exactly right. How That's can you awesome. get mad at that? I, right? I I started laughing like it's a good thing you just made me laugh, boy, because your yeah. life is about to end. It's funny now getting that garbage can. <laughs> because, That's yeah, great. I, was, I hated my kids last night, even though he made me laugh really hard. But yeah, yeah, I, I hate kids. totally. Oh, I love that story about Gunner. That's awesome imagination he's not wrong he was yeah I, that's exactly what i told him to do <laughs> anyway <laughs> sorry Ryan, next question yes would you agree that a lack of trust in our institutions is a large part of why people feel the country is headed in the wrong direction give us some more context here josh so i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago i think um the the one currency that governments have to trade in is trust right mm-hmm. um that's that's what they have. And so many I, I just saw an article where um, we all know that Nancy Pelosi has been doing this insider trading. There's a bunch of people that just follow her stock picks and they just do the same thing and they become millionaires. Um, and uh, I, I just signed passing. I don't know the details of this, but the Congress proposed some leg- some legislation to maybe stop this governmental insider trading. And who shut it down? Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, but she's like ninety years old. Why does she need all this money? Right? It's just, it's just power. They're just so addicted to power. Nobody trusts our government. It's not just Nancy Pelosi. It's all of them, right? Uh, I was reading this, this other, or I was watching this YouTube video. This guy was breaking down the Ukraine situation with the war, and he was walking through how Joe Biden was the Ukrainian frontman when he was the vice president making all these deals with Ukraine and, you know, Vladimir Putin asked, you know, I don't want NATO on my doorstep. Uh, And the guy in the video made a good point. How would we feel if Montreal seceded from Canada, became part of Russia and Vladimir Putin started stockpiling missiles there, right? We'd be pissed, right? Well, that's what we did to Russia. That's what what Biden and, and Obama did to Russia. And Biden's the point man dealing with Ukraine. And all of a sudden his son gets this sweetheart deal with Burisma uh, I mean, he walked through the whole thing. It's just obvious that these guys are corrupt. And I've, I've been saying that for a while. Ryan doesn't like to hear it, but it, all of these governments are corrupt and authoritarian. Um, you got Trudeau up in Canada and, and he's being authoritarian with the truckers. You got the authoritarian COVID stuff in Australia. Um, nobody, nobody trusts the government. And, and I don't trust the Democrats as far as I could throw them, but I've said it several times. I don't really like the Republicans either. Nobody trusts the government. Um, they're it's it's all a big power play. They're all just as corrupt as the day is long. Everybody knows what Nancy Pelosi's doing. Everybody does. How come nothing's changing? Nobody hmm. knows what to do about it. And you know, we're gonna we pick up guns and march on them. What what, what do we do about it? Because the Democrats just keep keep voting her in, right? Because she has a lot of sway. What are we going to do about it? And 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 nobody trusts these people. Nobody trusts Biden. He, I, I joked about the nuclear war earlier. Um, we we literally might be going having a nuclear war with Russia, and this is this is largely Obama and Biden's fault because of, uh, everyone's okay with this. with this. I can't. I mean, yeah. you can't say this is Obama and Biden's you, fault. This is Putin's I just fault. did. It's uh, fault. that's what Biden keeps saying. Do you, well, come he on. Do, no, he um, didn't want – what would we do if he started stockpiling missiles in Cuba and Montreal? What would we do? We would freaking attack, right? We wouldn't we want that. We didn't put nuclear missiles in Ukraine. 
Oh, we put all sorts of missiles uh, in the country right above them. Right um, above them is Belarus, which is well, a partner with Russia. Like Lithuania so. and yeah, Lithuania or somewhere, right? Uh, and so we, they're Lithuania NATO. and Estonia are NATO, but I don't think we put nuclear missiles there. We didn't put nuclear weapons. We put all sorts of weapons and tanks and missiles. We might have trained them, sure. Okay, but w- would we be happy if he put any kind of missiles in Cuba or Montreal? No, we would attack, right? So, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying Putin's not a fault. He's a he's a douchebag, but these guys were just clueless. They're just making deals with Ukraine. They're they're um, putting in their own governments. The FBI's and CIA's knee deep in in Ukraine. I don't trust these guys. I don't trust that they have my best interests at heart. They're just padding their wallets. I I think it's pretty fair to say. I mean, I think I'm pretty confident. If we looked at any stat that trust in government federal government especially was probably at an all-time low mm-hmm. um it's really I, low i can look. yeah but i mean it's I, I think that's a similar to our survey that it's been going down for years by the way i looked up the survey it's 74 percent say that the country is going in the wrong direction yeah. but um about, with the survey taken last august uh so um what uh, ryan do you think that do, do you so trust in government is low do you attribute that to why people are, it's, you know, I, I would, I get, if I could summarize it, Josh, you'd say that's just like kind of, we're getting not rampant corruption, but we're getting corruption. I mean, I would say rampant. U.S. is I'd one of, rampant. I'd like to think the U.S. is one of the, on the scale of corruption, right? The U.S. is on the, the lower scale compared to it like, is. you know, some uh, tyr- tyrannical, uh, yeah, <laughs> regime in, in, yeah, uh, exactly, in it, Kazakhstan or Africa or something. But I don't but, know. But it's getting more corrupt. It's. It, I would agree with that sentiment, Ryan. What do you think <clears throat> uh, on that specific point uh, yeah. about the government being more corrupt? Yeah, um, I I was listening to, I listened to a podcast on Linux because I'm a geek like that, right? And uh, one of the guys opened the podcast, I think it was that Linux one, by saying um, something to the effect of, you know, it's not like we're like the U.S. where they've legalized bribery and they just call it campaign donations, right? (laughs) And it was like a joke because they're all British, right? So all the guys on the podcast are British and all of them busted out laughing because it's an open open secret right yeah, in the u.s everybody knows that basically campaign donations are bribes right like you could start a pack and you can donate a million dollars to this pack and effectively that's a bribe to get politicians to do what you want so when josh says they're all corrupt i'm not gonna fight that for a second with we we meaning the supreme court right when it basically said you could do this we opened the floodgates to basically being able to bribe all of our politicians that's basically how our system works so mm-hmm. You know, good luck finding a an honest politician who I think is actually in it for the right reason. I I don't know of many. I think some of my local politicians are because they don't make very much money. Hmm. So, all right, then on the bigger point, that like w- trust in you, government. That well, trust in government is mm-hmm. you could attribute that to this this sentiment. Yeah, so I actually Um, just pulled up um, data on trust in government by Pew. Uh, I know some of the people who work for Pew. This is not their area. They do the religion stuff. But um, back in the 1960s, the percentage of the the population that said they trusted the government. So under Eisenhower, it was above 70%. Kennedy, it was above 70%. 
Under Johnson, it started to fall, but it was still above 70 and then dropped to the 60s. Nixon, ooh, it dropped by almost, oh, actually by 40%, 30%. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Uh, Ford, I mean, he was short-lived, so it stayed right in the 30s. Carter, it dropped a little bit um, down to the upper 20s. Reagan, it actually went up. So that's the only... The Gipper. There are only two that it goes up on, right? Reagan, it goes up by about 10%. Under Bush Sr., it drops by about 20%. Mm. Under Clinton, it goes up. Mm. So under Clinton, it actually went up. Uh, at the end of his presidency, it was at 40% again. I under second Bush, yeah, well, uh, it, oh. it just holds steady on Obama. Under the second Bush, it drops all the way back down to the 20s. And it's hovered in the 20s since then. So there's a low during uh, Trump and Obama of like 17%, mm. but it's basically just hovering right around 20% and it's holding at 20% under Biden. So I don't know that it's getting worse, right? Uh, over the last 20 years, I don't think it's gotten much worse than it was, maybe a little bit, right? Uh, George W. Bush got a really good spike because of September 11th, 2001, yeah, right? I would think so. So that spiked it up and then it just basically dropped back down to, you know, 20% and it's holding. So on your bigger point of like, do I think lack of trust he, in the government he took all that goodwill and went to war in Iraq, like, and just sure blew did. it on Iraq. Like everyone's uh, all I mean, feeling yeah. patriotic. Are you feeling patriotic? All right. We'll go get yeah, yourself yeah. killed in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> weapons of mass destruction. Oh, jeez. Nah, See this? Promise. This is yellow cake uranium. Yellow cake uranium. The same um, people that made those decisions are the ones that are still making these decisions. It's crazy. Uh, Nothing changes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would agree that a lack of trust in government and it's general, right? So this is not... Um, a, a lack of trust in Republicans, a lack of trust in yeah. Democrats. There are differences in, you know, which group is more trusting. But overall, I mean, that's pretty pathetic when 20% of our population trusts the government, which means 80% are like, yeah, nope, don't trust them. I mean, it's 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 in the open now. It's yeah. in the open what they're well, doing. And yeah, nobody, and, nobody and who cares. polices them, right? This is the best yeah. part. So who the they police themselves. Yeah. They would have to write a law saying we will no longer take campaign donations. They just right. they just tried and Nancy Pelosi killed it. Well, um, right. It's like, the, it's the same of like um term limits, right? It's like the only people that can yep. pa- they did it they did it on the president, right? They're like, "Oh, yeah. that guy, we got to get that term limits on the president." Mm-hmm. We got to pull on ourselves. Oh. Hmm. No. Let's give ourselves a raise. Yeah. No, 10 years ago, Charlie Rangel, the Democrat that was in charge of the tax committee, committed tax fraud, right? He cheated on his taxes. And what if I did that, I'm going to jail. What did he have to do? He went in front of Congress and said, oh, I'm sorry. We shed, shed a tear. He's good. Nothing happens. Right. Yeah, because they who watches the watchman? It's, um, it's sad. Let, let me take it in a slightly different direction because I think this is interesting. Um, I said institutions in my question. So I meant largely government. But a lot of these, you know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, big media and big tech, right? And, mm-hmm. and censorship and stuff. I don't I, – I think – most people on the right don't trust any of these institutions. That's this is why Elon Musk is is buying Twitter, right? And I just saw that the the deal might be back on. And one of the CEOs at Twitter just admitted to the um, censorship without realizing what he did. He said, "Yeah, if this sale goes through, uh, it'll probably cost us the election the election in 2024." Which vis a vis, what he's actually saying is, "Yeah, we're we're censoring things to 
benefit us because if he takes over, then we lose the election. He admitted it without realizing what he was admitting. Um, and Ryan's been denying it that there's all of this censorship going on. Or, or you keep saying, you know, well, let's they can do it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are do private it. corporations. They can do it. That they're doesn't mean the government. they should do it, and they're all doing it. I didn't it. say that. So, but. so nobody trusts uh, Facebook, and, and this just came out. Um, Google um, is just being um, – oh, crap, what's the word? Throttling um, GOP emails. People, people with Gmail that are sending out GOP fundraising and stuff like that, uh, they just found out all of their emails are being throttled all of a sudden by Google. That's not happening to any Democrats. Just Republicans. So now, now evil corporation Google is is screwing I, with Gmail. I'd like this to is, see more information on that. Pretty yeah. incredible. We don't know, right? We don't know. Yeah. But but to your point, you're saying that trust in corporations is probably is is an, is it could be thrown all in time there. And, and, right. um, that that should be the purview of the left worrying about this evil capitalist. But it's the right that's doing this. Everything's on its oh. head now. I don't know about that, but uh, trust in all institutions and organizations is down and it's been declining since the 1970s. Um, There are a couple that are doing okay, but trust in religions is down. Trust in banks is down. Trust in almost everything. Uh, Trust in science uh, leveled out at a higher level than most other areas. So that one's actually holding okay. It's not great, right? But almost everything has just plummeted. Trust in corporations, trust in courts, trust in everything is just it's dropped. All so. right. I'm I'm gonna move on to the next question here then. Uh so Josh, can we agree that the lower levels of pollution and a shift away from fossil fuels to cleaner renewable energy sources would be a good direction for the country? You can't here's my here's my softball. Here's my softball, Josh. Come on. Lower there it is. I'm, I'm throwing underhand. This is underhand. Shift away from fossil fuels. Are you going to elaborate or can I just tell you? No, that, that was literally it. That, I mean, I'm trying to lob you two softballs so I can hit you with something harder in the last one. Come on. I, we've need, already I, said. Need, I want a little more explanation. Why? Oh, I, I, I think it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Do you want I, more pollution and do you want us to burn more fossil fuels? Yes. Because we're probably what's going to pollute the, the planet more uh, a few more years of fossil fuels or a nuclear war. Cause uh, why does Putin have so much power right now? Because Europe and the United States went, we we're afraid of fossil fuels. We're all going to die in 12 years. Right. Uh, so now he has all of this power and all of this money because the, uh, the entire civilized world went, Oh, no nuclear, no fossil fuels. Let's, Let's go green, and we we can't sustain it yet. The technology's not there yet. So we we uh, if the U.S. when this war in Ukraine and stuff, well, I mean a little before that, if we would have started or, or we would have kept producing more oil here, when Biden got in, he killed all the the Keystone Pipeline and all the pipelines, he got rid of a bunch of drilling leases, and it's a little more complicated than that, but not really. Um, the U.S. was, I think. Um, uh, energy self-sufficient three years ago, four years ago, or something like that. And now we dialed it back, got rid of the the drilling leases. If we had oil, excess oil right now, we could be just bailing out Europe, right? We could be sending it to we have excess Germany. gas. We are sending the excess gas to China, and, and the gas reserves. Not to, but, no, uh, I mean at natural gas, not the other kind of gas. Okay. Natural gas, Good. we are exporting. We are a net okay. exporter if, of natural if gas. If we had drilled more and we were prepared for this. 
Hey, it but that's be, not the question. I'm not talking it, like in the immediate, like in the next five years. I'm but saying it actually is the in question. the grand scheme of things. Sure. And do the you grand want scheme more things, pollution or less, less pollution. pollution? Sure. In the grand scheme of things, do we want less but fossil again, fuels or more fossil okay, fuels? Okay, but that that actually that's all I asked. Question. I mean, this Why? I'm lobbing a softball at you, Josh. Yeah. Come on, and I'm going to hit it over the fence because you're asking. <laughs> You're you're hiding behind the question. I'm not yeah. even hiding. No, this was just a. This is literally like there's no uh, subterfuge, ulterior motive at this at all. I was just like, can we find common ground that none of us want more pollution and we want to eventually switch away from fossil yes. fuels? I've, okay, I've said that it. repeatedly. I know, but, and it's but, just reaffirming. Done. That's it. That's all I want. If to we say. were energy self-sufficient right now, and we had some excess to help out our allies. We might not even have a war in Ukraine right now. That that that's a logical conclusion to draw. We, we might we might end up in a nuclear war because of global warming. You can actually make that argument, yeah. and it's and it's and it actually tracks. Sorry, it does. The so uh, energy independence and then and then and supporting green and energy initiatives, I think can be kind of separated out. Right. As, They're not mutually exclusive right. at all. Well, I mean, but I think you could separate it because I don't think, because I think Ryan would agree that energy independence is important. Right. I mean, certainly right now it's illustrating the benefits of that. So, yeah. Um, but then also, I, I, yeah, I listened to a really good podcast uh, about Germany and Russia and what Germany did like 20 something years ago, uh, actually close to, well, about 20 years ago, they had this idea that if they built closer relationships with Russia, uh, particularly economic relationships, trade relationships, then Russia would be less likely to become an aggressor. Right. And I they read I read were something wrong. Like that too. Right. So like, it turns if, out if we wrong. can bring you into Europe and into the yes. EU, then you, you'd be less of a dick. Yeah. And, and <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I get the logic, right? Yeah. It's not like the logic is unsound. It makes sense at a very basic level that it's like, hey, you know, if we're get, like getting along cool. and trading and like we become dependent on each other, yeah. then maybe you won't be a dick. Like Tom there, said, and there would right? be consequences for yeah. breaking the exactly being an aggressor. Because, yeah. and, because Germany and Russia have such a good track record well, but, along with everybody. But, come on, but, but you understand but, the logic. But look, it's I just mean, it I, turns out they were wrong. You, and yeah. if you look at like since the cold like since World War Two, right? Right? And then the Cold War, the the downfall of the USSR, right? Is Russia slowly becoming less and less of this threatening force in Europe? And you're well, like, they okay. were until Putin took back. No, I, I, I totally. I think, and I really think it took everyone by surprise. I didn't think. I think a, so lot, a lot of people didn't yeah. think he was going to right. go through with it. So for the very point that Ryan's bringing, that there were a lot of economic consequences for doing it. Yeah. So, uh, so my general point there is. I, I get the argument behind economic independence, right? I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I didn't think, you know, come to find out I was in the same camp as Germany, but I didn't think that international global interdependence was really gonna be a bad thing, right? Then of course we have a pandemic and turns out we're not making any of the stuff we need for a pandemic, right? Like, <laughs> oh crap, right? We we screwed that one up, right? And that was kind of a loose useful little lesson of like, okay, yeah, sure, I get that manufacturing stuff is way cheaper in China and India, but maybe we should be doing at least a little bit of manufacturing here in the US, right? right. So so the pandemic was a bit of an eye opener. 
And then we get Russia pulling this crap, right? And it's like, oh, yep. I, I see the argument behind economic independence here. Like, I, I get it. I so, played a video on the podcast of Trump predicting this stuff going down with Russia before the pandemic. So I, I, I agree with everything you just said. It really, really is an eye-opener, right? The pandemic was. But a lot of people saw this writing on the wall because we know Putin's a piece of crap. He was annexing Crimea in 2016 or whatever. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. So, there is a video of Trump like berating the Germans at a NATO yeah. meeting, being like, why would you do Nord Stream 2? He's like, the Russians, why would you deal with the Russians? Yeah. Right? And, and they're just like, well, it'll work out. It'll be great. <laughs> um, we so, Germans are not the warlike people. Neither are the Russians. Just don't <laughs> ask Poland about that. Uh, so you're, you don't agree? You do agree, Josh. I agree, with, I agree with his it was such a softball. happy land overall point. That, yeah, yes. Nobody, Nobody is a villain from Captain Planet that just likes to pollute the rainforest. Agreed. So if we were headed in that, the the point behind these first two, just to clarify, the point behind these first two is if we were headed in this direction, lower poverty rates and less pollution, would that improve people's like vision of are we headed in the right direction? That's your overall question. I don't think that's what people are up in arms about. And and that's a genuine question, right? Like I'm, I'm genuinely wondering, is it that? easy or i mean not that those are easy right those are both very challenging things but is that part of what's driving people's conception so. down i don't think so i don't think i don't think people are dealing with that i, I don't I, okay I'm, there's exception to the rule but i don't think most people are dealing with those problems on a day-to-day basis we're not living in shanghai where there's smog right, right. occasionally we'll get some inversion here in salt lake but, you know, that's on the other side of the mountains. That's why I moved to Mountain Green. We don't have uh, the smog up here, right? Most people aren't dealing with pollution day-to-day in the United States. Most people oh. aren't dealing with poverty day-to-day in the United States. And we're talking about the, the average take, right? right? Yeah, these are problems. At an excessive they're worth, level. Yeah, they're worth addressing, but I don't think this is what's getting people down. I, I really don't. You don't think that's what's putting into the survey when they're like, this is all wrong. They're, they're thinking of other things. Well, people people are, are short-sighted and, and selfish essentially i'm not thinking about those poor kids in ogden because i don't know them and i'm not if, if they're in front of me yeah now i'm thinking about them now i'm going to do something about it but day to day i'm just going about my business i'm not thinking about those things and i'm not tragedy of the well yeah exactly the, yeah all right all right okay i'm moving on um this is your th- your third questions are are interesting uh in their in their similarities but um but we'll go to um josh's question for ryan ryan would you agree that wokeness has resulted in a crisis of purpose everything is wokeness is responsible for everything all bad comes from wokeness i think this is the platform of the conservatives in the u.s if you're woke you are causing all the problems it's gonna get them big gains in the elections right that that platform right of wokeness okay i want to have an actual conversation here it's going to come across more of an attack but let's watch this video and then i want to talk about what's going on jordan peterson He doesn't even know why he hates him. He seems, him. That's he seems the funny very part. open-minded. Yep. He, he has from day one. He doesn't he can't say any reasons why he doesn't agree with him. But. Uh, yeah, I can. You guys just don't want to have those conversations because we get into the weeds. All right. Is it the whole thing? Because this no, is seven minutes long. It's only, it's only about three minutes. At the beginning? Yep. 
Okay. I don't want to, but I have to. Uh, I want to ask you just quickly, uh, the film director, Olivia Wilde, has a new movie out, which she says is based on you, this insane man, this pseudo-intellectual hero to the incel community, incel being these weirdo loner men uh, who are despicable in many ways. Is that you? Are you the intellectual hero to these people? Sure. Why not? You know, um... People have been after me for a long time by, because I've been speaking to disaffected young men. You know, what a terrible thing to do that is. I thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice. It's making you emotional to talk about that. Well, God, you know. It's very difficult to understand how demoralized people are. And certainly, many young men are in that category. And you get these casual insults, these, these incels. What do they mean? It's like, well, these men, they're, they don't know how to make themselves attractive to women who are very picky and good for them. Women, like, be picky. That's, that's your gift, man. Demand high standards from your men. Fair enough. But all these men who are alienated, it's like... They're lonesome, and, and, and they don't know what to do, and everyone piles abuse on them. When she said that, Olivia Wilde, it, it stung you, didn't it? I saw the oh, by that time, you know, that as far as, as criti- critiques go, that was kind of low level. I mean, once I got painted as Red Skull, you know, magical super-Nazi, that was kind of the end of the yeah. insults. There's no wow. place past that. So... When Olivia Wilde made those comments, the first thing I did was go look at the preview for her movie, which I quite liked. I thought I would go see that movie, probably, and perhaps I will. It didn't really bother me. My, it's like, my it's family about me. and I talked about it right away, <laughs> and we were able to respond to it with some degree of humor, which then people completely misunderstood. I said I hoped that, you know, that if I had to be played by someone, I think it's Chris Wilde, is mm. that? Chris Pine. He's a very good-looking man, and so if that seems all right, you know, and then... I said something like, I hope he gets my, my uh, fashion style choice right when he <laughs> plays me. And it was a joke. All that was a joke. I mean, but, you've been so controlled today. And yet, in that brief moment, you got very emotional. Why? It's really something to see... Constantly, how many people are dying for a lack of an encouraging word? Mm. And how easy it is to provide that if you're careful. You know, give credit where credit is due. And to say... You're a net force for good if you want to be... Do you believe you're a net force for good? Net? Yes. In all the details? Probably not. You know, no one's perfect. So, people make their mistakes as they stumble uphill. Okay, we can stop it there. Jordan's been a fascinating. Okay. So, there's a lot there, but, uh, you know, I want to just discuss a couple things there that he says. So, one, he kind of. So he mentions, uh, or you know, are, are you the 
the representative of the incels. And he says, why not? You know, I thought, I thought everybody deserves a voice. So he's giving, I I've, I've criticized the left a couple of times here when Jordan P point points out the proper place of the left is to stand for the disenfranchised. Right. And he's giving proof to a lie right there that the left stands for the disenfranchised as long as it's useful as long as there's some power to be had because the mm-hmm. left is not standing for incels for disenfranchised young men. And that's uh, Jordan didn't start out talking to young men. He just started posting his videos on YouTube and that's what gravitated towards him is hundreds of thousands of young men who were disenfranchised uh, largely by the left. A lot of these guys were on the left. Um, and so I saw a, a uh, Ben Shapiro did a piece on this. He, he played this video and he talked about, uh, his take on this is the sexual revolution where we, we got rid of, you know, we don't need to get married and, and these family value stuff. And it's, you know, we go, go sleep around and it's all, it's all fine. It's okay. Um, of course, you're going to have a whole bunch of young men um, who are no longer going to be able to find women because people but, aren't looking to get married. And sorry, well, that's a total non sequitur. I don't follow no, that logic at all. Well, uh, then explain I mean, it because it I'm, seems completely incoherent, to. that connection. Um, well, let me see if I can remember how Ben explained that. I really liked his take on it. Um, when, uh, if you're not in a committed relationship that you can, the woman can go for the, the next guy up or something. Or? Well, well, so he, so he explains it like this, really. Um, this keeps going in and out of my head. When, you you have this third third wave feminist movement. He kind of he he he, he put this all together, um, saying that uh, women women don't need men and men are men are sexist and they're all rapists and get rid of the patriarchy and masculinity is toxic and that becomes this everyday phrase of toxic masculinity, which Ryan doesn't like that. But but that really is what they're saying. If you're masculine, you're toxic. So you have all these young men that went, oh, I guess I guess I can't be masculine. So I'll, I'll be androgynous and more feminine. Uh, it turns out women don't actually like men like that. Women actually like masculine men. So you have all these men that don't know how to attract a women. That's why they're incels now. And you can argue that, but that's why they exist. They don't know what to do to attract women because they're listening to this going, well, I can't be masculine. No. So they're not happy. And then on the other hand, you have all the, all these feminists that are told you, you don't, don't have children, go get a job. Uh, that's that's what that's what women should be doing, and then they're not happy either because they're they don't have any men to be attracted to because they turned them all into these castrated males. Um, so, and I, I told you Ryan was gonna crap Tell a me, brick about this, but well, there's just so much that I don't agree purpose? with on this. Where's the What's crisis that? of purpose? Uh, so that that's where I mean, you're a fan of Jordan. That, all these guys are attracted to him because he. He gives them meaning. He gives them something to work for. It gives them purpose because these young men have no purpose. If you're told your whole life, um, you know, you're you can't be masculine, and and, uh, and here's here's another example that I thought of earlier today with the whole transgender thing, and and the left is pushing this legislation. If a if a kid goes to school and says, "Yeah, I'm a boy," but now I want to identify as a girl. They're pushing legislation where you can't even call the parents to tell them about this. They're pushing these um, this transgender stuff. And I've been reading these articles lately, just this last month, 
of all these people that are coming out saying, I totally regret that I had a sex change. Like there's no, there's no take backs. I cut my penis off because when I was a teenager, I thought I was a girl. Uh, now, and, and everybody said, yeah, you, you should do that. And the doctors were down with it and the schools were down with it and their parents were down with it. And now, now they're stuck with whatever they are. Right. right. They, they can't, they can't go back on that. And, and my big takeaway here is, uh-huh. When when you're telling a kid that their purpose should be changing their body and that's their purpose, what the hell kind of purpose is that? That's, what that's, that's, that's nobody's platform. That's nobody's platform. That uh, this is such happening. a char- this is such a characterization that's just okay. utterly absurd. It's, it's not, not like a well, core part of the democratic platform is everybody needs to change their fucking gender, right? Like seriously, Josh? That's that yeah. is so then, utterly absurd. That you then think that's part of the platform have, of Democrats. Then explain why we have a, an epidemic of depression and drug abuse. And, and you know, if you look at the numbers, people are way less happy than they used to be. It's been going down, but they're way, way worse off. So I think it's a lack of purpose. And I knew you would, you would hate and, that. but No, because and, the and, numbers don't agree with you. Well, people aren't and, any less happy now than they were 20 years ago. Uh, of course they are. Uh, I, I well, actually had anxiety the numbers. Is anxiety, anxiety is up. Anxiety is up. I yes. had the Depression numbers. medications are up I, a little bit, but not that much. Because I knew you would, you would just pull out other numbers. Because you can find numbers to prove whatever side of this you want. Well, you can find numbers to prove anything you want. But it's, are, it's just common sense. So we're just not going to agree on facts well, or reality is look, what you're saying. I would say there are yes. a lot of stats that like, you know, uh, loneliness is, is the highest uh, anxiety, sure. depression. Yep. Um, those are all, uh, there's a bunch of others, addiction. Um, the, yeah. Addiction's the, not up that much. I mean, we should just look at numbers, but uh, the others are, so loneliness is up. Um, depression. I mean, it kind of plateaued. But I don't but, think like happiness uh, measures drug, have actually gone down. Yeah, it, they have. Drug use is up. Um, so what what uh and you so let me just tie it, I'm trying to tie this together. And you would say wokeness has contributed to sort of this dissolution of like a, a man a man would grow up and be like, Oh, I'm gonna become a husband and we're gonna have kids and and I'm gonna take care of my wife. And that sort of paradigm has been flipped around and, and women are like, oh, I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to have raise kids and my husband's going to take care of me. And all that's been uh, sh- turned up on its head. And, and therefore we've lost meaning or like that, that sort of purpose and meaning. And, and therefore, uh, and therefore we become like unhappy and, and feel like things are going in the wrong direction. Is that? Yeah. I think that's what he's saying. I don't, I don't buy any of it. Of course not. You're a liberal. If you bought, if you bought any of that, you would be a conservative. I mean, that's just no. I mean, it's it, that's a fact. It's a total non sequitur, Josh. No, right. So, not. so no, no, no. You can't just assert no. It's not right. Well, Let's right, unpack right. it. If we're going to unpack it, no, so right. do you want to unpack it, or do you just want to say I'm going to say my point, right. see, and Ryan doesn't get to say anything, and then we're done. Already, well, I, I'm not said, triggered. You're literally it. stating things that You're are actually not accurate. <laughs> Ryan, okay. do you agree that? Never that, mind. Then we'll just. Do not, you agree Josh that there's a crisis of purpose? Like wow. that there's a crisis of purpose? Do you agree with that? I don't know that there's a crisis of purpose. I think some people are feeling like they have no purpose. Right. Right. But it's not like the entire planet suddenly is. We have no purpose. We must was all that, kill ourselves. You say I think it's a it, small percentage. Do, do you think that's the? A, it's the largest percentage it's ever been, or do you think? It's not, it's nominal. It's or, or, that it's not any bigger than it's ever been. Before. All right. 
so uh, and this, I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not associating it with wokeness. I'm just saying, is, right, right. is there okay? A so let's we'll just we'll, let's focus on the first one. Yeah, two answers. It's very possible that people having a sense of purpose has declined over time. Okay. That said, this is actually one of the areas where I do research, right? I've published in this. Tomorrow, I'm actually giving a talk on the relationship between religion and happiness because I have published on this topic, right? I haven't published as much on purpose, but here's the fascinating thing about purpose. The correlation between having a sense of purpose or like how strong your sense of purpose is and how healthy you are mentally or physically is basically zero. Really? So having a sense of purpose does nothing for your mental or physical health. So if we want to talk about it in other ways, that's perfectly fine. But in that very specific context, right? So this is why when I say like, okay, maybe there is a sense of people like not having as much purpose in life. So what? You wouldn't attribute it to people feeling like the country's... Nope. No, I mean, maybe, maybe it combines with other attitudes, but this is not going to increase you know, people, uh, what, like being unhealthy and dying, right? Like Mm. people are not dying from a lack of purpose. Right. The the evidence does not support that. And that's the empirical evidence from mountains of data that gets published in public health journals, because that's what I read. Okay. So these like the, like, so like the suicides, what do they call it? The, um, the dregs of despair, right? With these, male white suicide suicide that's gone up a little bit drug abuse that that crisis that's kind of going on that that doesn't have to do with purpose that's Uh, just other i mean sure people kill themselves when they don't feel like they have a good sense of purpose that that's true but that's been true for over 100 years yeah Uh, emil durkheim a sociologist very famous like founder of the discipline he wrote a book called suicide and he said one of the reasons why people commit suicide is they lack a sense of purpose yeah but he said that 150 years ago yeah well i mean and it sounds like it's true (laughs) but then is it growing i guess that would be suicide rates have ticked up a little bit uh in the u.s so they're up yep they're up Okay. But okay. but can we can we definitively say that the reason why they're up is because some people, maybe more people, lack a sense of purpose? I don't think we can, right? And this is why uh, I know Josh's other point is I think the bigger non sequitur. But when you get people saying, "Oh, people lack a sense of purpose and suicide rates have gone up," okay. That's an empirical and statistical question, right? And a logic right. question. You have to be able to establish correlation, that but one, not necessarily. Yeah, correlation yeah. is not causation, right? right? One has to come before the other one. You have to rule out spurious effects, right? And you have to be able to show that they are in fact changing at the same time. It's a so, complicated process. So you I don't think anybody's established that. And you don't yeah, and you don't believe it that there's a crisis well, of purpose in the country. Show me the data, right? Okay. If, if you can show me data, I will absolutely be convinced. I changed my mind on something just yesterday because people brought me data and Showed I was like, you. okay, you're right. Yeah. Uh, show me the data. So if you can make that really compelling argument, and this is why I'm just saying, I I would say at this point, it's a non sequitur to say those two, right? So it does not follow. That's all non sequitur means. It does not follow. Only because um, no one has actually showed me compelling data saying, if this happens, then this happens. Yeah. If you can bring that to bear... I'll be convinced. I like data. I'm convinced by data. I'm open-minded to data. But just asserting it is means nothing to me, right? You can but assert data. any number of things. Because I had, I had all the numbers. No and I deleted agreement. them. Because show I, me, knew, I knew that's what would happen. I knew show, you, me in a peer-reviewed, show me in a peer-reviewed journal. Yeah. So as long as the people that I agree with. No, the experts. It, yeah. 
Yeah. Because proclaimed experts, because that's okay. So just dismiss all of science, Josh. Go ahead and do that, because that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying, oh, your numbers non sequiturs now. I'm not doing non sequiturs. You are. You're dismissing all of the ways that we advance the world. You you very well know my stance on peer review. How I'm leery of it. And what did you just say? Okay, you just dismissed peer review for science. You just did dismiss. Really. That's what I'm you say. Oh, I'm leery of peer review, especially Why? in your discipline, because you're all like-minded and you hand each other degrees. I'm we've we've been over this. Uh, anyway, I know, let's go to I your know question. What next, I, I know what I our next. I know topic is. I have um, okay, because I mean, we're talking about peer reviewing. We, that'd be um, great. We didn't even get to the whole divorce laws and working women and all of the other things that Josh said that like just it does not follow. So if we want to get to what Jordan Peterson said, I actually was like, okay, I I can get a behind what Jordan Peterson is saying in in this episode, right? I don't think Jordan Peterson, when he started talking, was like, I am going to be the hero of incels. I think that's true, right? I I think what Josh said is, yeah, that these are the people who gravitated to him. And now he's become something of a champion for them. And I genuinely, like when he's crying, I don't think those are crocodile tears. I think he's legit that he's like, there is a problem out there. There are a group of people who are struggling and they found some inspiration and hope in what I'm writing. Okay. But why would I criticize that? Right. I, I, I'm not criticizing that. Okay. I'm perfectly fine with, with what Jordan Peterson said there. A lot of what Josh said afterwards, I was like, no, that's completely incoherent. Makes no sense. Right. But what Jordan Peterson said in that, that episode, fine. Are there some problems with incels? Yes. Okay. But I'm not going to try and crap on incels. I think we can try and address the bigger issue of like, they're involuntarily celibate. That's what it means. They want to be having sex and they can't. Okay. Is the solution to that to get rid of divorce laws and to make women not be able to work? So then they have to marry these guys. Because that's that's what you said, Josh. That's not what basically I said. said Feminism, feminism, and women working is part of the reason why these guys can't find partners. And I'm like, wow. what in the world are you saying? Is that, that is so is absurd. Is that the conclusion that I actually drew? I never said anything about divorce laws. I never said any of that. I never said any of that. You said women working, and then you connected that to incels. You literally said yeah. this, and this is why I'm like non sequitur, non sequitur, non sequitur, non sequitur. With, with toxic masculinity. Maybe, maybe I need to try to explain this better. Okay. When you have the half of the country telling men, you know, I, I saw this news reporter the other day saying, yeah, both of my sons, they're, they're just little, but they're, they're racist or not racist. They're rapists. Okay. Cause all men are inherently rapists. Okay. This is the kind of stuff that the weird people on the left are throwing out there. And if you are on the left, if you're Democrat, you're listening to this, you're taking this in. No, we're okay. not listening to this. You you weren't raised. You, you listen on the to left. the radical right. I don't. You, I, you I read the BBC. The you weren't raised on the left. You were raised conservative. Okay, so clearly men are hearing something. Um, and I, and I don't think the vast majority uh, of men are Tom, hearing. You want us to go down you're this? a rape. You're a rapist. No. No. Okay. We're <laughs> going to move on to the next question. <laughs> I mean, but great no topic agreement. for another podcast. No like, well, let's bring it back up some other time, but I am not buying anything would, that you said. Oh, it would be interesting. I know you wouldn't. Okay, Josh, you ready for the final question? I'm just going to say no right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can we agree that moving away from thinking that our perspective is absolutely and exclusively correct and everyone else is wrong is a problem. And moving away from that perspective would be a good direction 
for the country. Oh, absolutely. Really? That was easy. Oh my gosh. So he fought me on my first two softballs. And then on the one where I'm like, there's no way he's going to agree with me. Okay. He actually agrees. Say that again. Maybe I didn't understand that correctly. You're like, hang on. Can we agree? Having a perspective. So my, I I don't actually have a preamble for this, right? My preamble is just because I thought I'd get agreement on the first two, I'm going to poke Josh on this third one. (laughs) That's my whole preamble for this. Can we agree that having the idea that you are exclusively correct Right. So you're right and everybody else is wrong is a problem. And that moving away from that perspective would be a good direction for the country. Yes, absolutely. That's okay. Good. Right. Why would you think I would disagree with that? Well, you Ryan, think I'm that, that may- high on the smell of my own farts <laughs> that I just think I'm always right about everything? I've Ryan, changed let me my stance you, a bunch of times. Is, this, is that what you think is the, I mean, do you think wow. that's the thing that's the most wrong with the country? Is. Is- no, I, I didn't try and come into this saying I knew all of the reasons why, like what's wrong with the country. Okay. Um, and there is a subtext here that I thought would, I, I wasn't sure if you guys would get it and I don't think you did. So that's fine. We can leave it for another time. Um, well, I, I do think. Explain huh? your subtext, professor, from your ivory tower. <laughs> no, nope, I'm going to leave it for a minute. Maybe I'll come oh back gosh. to it. We'll see if we get to it. Um, I think there are a lot of people who are just unwilling to compromise. Right. Uh, We see this all the time. Uh, Just recently, there's been all sorts of legislation that Democrats are trying to pass. And it would actually help, I think, a lot of people. And I get that there's not always agreement on that. But a lot of times it actually will help the other side. And just because it's being proposed by Democrats, they refuse to vote in favor yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. So it's that sense of like, we're not willing to compromise. I'm against it because you're for it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at here is we do have two radical sides who just are like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And I'm not going to listen to you. I didn't even care if it's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And, and I just can't get behind that. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's where you are, Josh. Again, Why I'm trying to find common ground. You want me to drop the you want me to drop the subtext? Sure, because I'm not seeing it. Okay, so if we broaden this from politics to religion, to ring to the rings of power, <laughs> not rings of power. Okay. I'm not bringing race okay, up no, today. I, We're I, skipping I, race I for know, like I don't a know month. Where you're, I don't know the subtext, <laughs> sure. right? I don't know the subtext is religion. Both of sure. you belong to a religion that is an exclusive religion that says we're right and everybody else is wrong. Not sure. necessarily entirely yeah, wrong, but you don't have all the truth. Only we have the truth. And I do think that that's part of the problem, right? That there's this underlying subtext that there are a bunch of people who are like, okay, Mormons, maybe not on politics. No, because you're not the only ones, right? There are plenty of other religions and religious people who basically are and, like, I can't compromise with people. non-religious atheists. You do the exact same thing. Most the, atheists nope, are far more zealous. The data do not zealous. support that. That's such a bullcrap. Most atheists are far more zealous. Josh, you just dropped into my playground. You do not want to jump into this. Oh, this is literally what I study on a go, daily professor. basis. Here we yeah. go. Okay. And you can try and demean me for Gosh. being a professor, but I see that as a badge of <laughs> so courage. Arrogant. It's okay, not arrogant when you know the actual data. Let so me, let me throw <laughs> sorry, that's just reality. But Ryan, do you Ryan, do you think then you're saying, are you implying... That, that then religion and and kind of just a hardened perspective is are 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 you attributing that to the wrong direction of the country? Is that You're saying religious people are closed minded and no, non-religious people not are open minded? I get that. I did not say I, that. I get and that. You have not read my book, or you would get fine, that. But like, is that is that your point though? 
I'm I'm saying people who are unwilling to compromise and are unwilling to recognize other people's perspectives, whether that's in politics or religion or anything else, yeah. are part of the problem. Right. I am saying that, right? right? And if you had read my second book, Josh, uh, I did not say, and I this is what makes me very different from Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins, is I don't paint all the religious with one broad brush and say they're all the same. I literally look at the data because this is what I do and say, actually, there's a lot of diversity among the religious. I don't paint all religious people the same way. I don't think they all think the same way because the data do not suggest that. So yeah, don't try and mischaracterize my position here because I'm literally on record. I've published as saying, nope, there's a lot of diversity among religious people. The ones I have a problem with are the fundamentalists who are unwilling to compromise. They say there is black, there's white. And if you're not on the white side, if you're not on my side, then you should burn in hell. I can't get behind that. I have an issue with people who are like that. Yeah, it's I'm hard very to deal with anyone that's on like fundamentalists. that. Uh, but, I actually read some of your writing on fundamentalism, which is saying anybody that actually believes their religion, that makes that then you're a fundamentalist. So you're exactly, but. pretty much right. You're okay with religious people as long as they don't really believe it. So let me throw this at you. <laughs> um, uh, so one, when I asked for feedback on the last episode or two episodes ago, uh, I'll just tell you what Jake made this observation. He said, why do you think it is that only conservatives listen to this podcast? And there doesn't appear to be any liberals listening to this podcast. Could it be that conservatives are open-minded and liberals are not? And he wasn't, he wasn't actually making accusations. He was making an observation. So let me throw that at you. Why are the only people that listen to our podcasts open-minded conservatives? Where's all the liberals? They're not. I do have people who listen to it. I just don't talk to them on a day-to-day basis. So I get an email, uh, a phone call, a message on Facebook once every couple of months from a couple of people I know, and I'm not going to out them. I don't think they want to be outed, right, uh, as listening to the podcast. And all of them have said, I actually really enjoy the conversation. I'm learning a lot about conservatives. So they do appreciate it, That's right? Awesome. I just don't get week-to-week uh, feedback from people because they all live in – some of them live in different countries. We've got a listener in Japan who grew up in Mountain Green. Good I'm not going to give any of their names, right? But he lives in Japan now, and he listens to the podcast every episode. But I've got friends all over the country oh, who are listening to <laughs> 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 uh, I think he will appreciate that, Tom, and he will probably contact me through Facebook again and say thanks for the shout-out, right? Like, mm-hmm. he knows who he is. But So there are people listening to it, and they're appreciating it. So I get Jake's point, but it's just because you're talking to them a lot more than I'm talking to them. But we do have other listeners. That that is true. We do have other listeners. Uh, Out of our 30 listeners, maybe 20 are conservative and 10 are progressive. I don't know. But yeah, all right. We only had a million listeners. We could break this down and actually get some real data. Hmm. I want, okay, so I want... I, I'm actually curious. Let's let's do our closing arguments, but because I actually don't feel like I got because Ryan, I don't know. You gave like world hunger and poverty <laughs> and and clean energy, but like I don't like what's what what's the right direction, right? I mean, it's like sure fixing those things, but it's I guess, but like that's always been that's the those things have existed forever, right? Poverty and and child hunger like but right now everyone's like oh it's it's horrible right what what is i wrap that in I, i'd love for you to sprinkle that into your closing arguments. um so i i did write a little bit of a preamble but I'll, I'll use it as my 
quasi closing arguments here, yeah. right? I I like the question that we were asked, which the question we were asked is, what is the correct direction for the country? Right. Not why do people think that the country is in the shitter, right? right. Um. So that's where I focused. I was like, okay, what what are things that I think we could all agree would be a good direction for the country? And that's why I gave the three that I did. So the mm. question was phrased in a way that pushed me in that direction, but to your bigger point, right? So often we do hear about polls asking people if they think the country is headed in the wrong direction. I've never asked that in a survey. Uh, I've done a lot of surveys, right? But the reason I've never asked is because I think it's a stupid question because it's so vague. We don't know what they're saying, right? Right. So when somebody says, yeah, I think it's headed in the wrong direction, like one, it's easy to do, right? So it's very easy to respond on that question and be like, yep, wrong direction, right? Because they literally ask it, do you think the country's headed in the wrong direction? Yes or no, right? Strongly agree, strongly disagree. The easiest response is yes, right? It's it's super easy to say that. So right. I don't know what the question means. I don't know why people feel that way. Are people just Debbie Downers who don't, you know, just like, ah, this is stupid, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the question means. Um, I, think, I guess I'm lo- I was yeah. looking for more than like, World peace, world peace. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, sure, of course. But how do we get there, right? What's the well, road? But okay, I, I mean, we can we can have those conversations about how to alleviate poverty what, and I, kids in hunger. I'm, hungry, curious, I'm right? curious, right? Like from your perspective, what needs to happen? And yeah, we need to solve these problems. But I guess it's like, wow, like what do we need to be doing? Because I think, because I get, because I'm I'm gonna agree. Everybody's gonna agree with you on those on those at least the first two questions, right? And and I guess all your questions, everyone's gonna agree with you on those. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if that's I don't, I don't know. I just like well, well, maybe maybe that's a topic for the next time. Is like how do we solve poverty in the U.S. Right? And right. and my guess is Josh and I will really not agree on this issue, mm-hmm. um, because my my solution is probably gonna be like big government right and taking money from rich people and josh is going to be no let rich people donate more money and let them you know write it off as a tax deduction right like i don't know josh's perspective but i'm guessing it's going to be less government is the solution not more government right so you're spoiling it oh okay (laughs) write it down we can do that (laughs) in the future right and we can have a really good conversation about that um I didn't think that was the purpose of the podcast tonight so i was just like i think we can agree on these things and and at some level, like again, that's the purpose of the podcast is to find the points of agreement. If yeah. it is in fact the case that like all of us think we should have no people in the US are in poverty, why do we still have close to 12% of Americans in poverty? Well, right, right. And and I guess the, the point I keep bringing up is like, we've always had people in poverty and we've always wanted to solve it, right? What does that have to do with the country going in the wrong direction? People, more and more people feeling like we're going in the wrong direction. Josh pretty clearly was like, it's wokeness, right? And whether you agree with that or not, I'm curious to know. Well, what is what's the what are the what's the process to solve that, right? That's that's like what do we need to do? And well, and, I mean, if we look back at that graph, uh, we have to be attacked by um, terrorists who fly themselves into the twin towers. That helped, right? That, yeah, that's funny yeah. because I was gonna say we need a common enemy, and I was actually gonna suggest because Josh brought up depression. What's better than depression? War, to nuclear bring the country war, together. nuclear well, war. I don't know about nuclear <laughs> war. That was that's sort of a zero sum game there. Yeah, that's but, a, that's uh, a nasty one. <laughs> but uh, more where there's like the enemies coming and we don't know where they are and everyone's just scared. Oh, we gotta bring, we gotta band together. 
so if I look at like the peaks when there was actually like an uptick in public trust in government, so this is just public yeah. trust in government, right? Uh, September 11th kind of mm -hmm. capped a run because at the end of Clinton's administration, if you remember, there was a big, like, the economic was, the uh, stock market oh, was yeah. booming, right? Yeah. And then at like 2001, it tumbled. Uh, and that's right after September 11th, too. So after September 11th, 2001, it basically just went down, right? So we need the stock market to do really, really well. Uh, people make a whole bunch of money. And we need to have a common enemy. We need somebody to attack us, right? But not not like with a nuclear weapon, just a couple thousand people. And then we're good, right? Right. right? right. That, that will solve the problem. Suddenly, people will be like, we're on the right maybe, track. Maybe it's nuke one city, right? Like, <laughs> which yeah. city, though? Like, let, let's Boston. debate which city. Boston? Okay. <laughs> yeah. no, we, we need Dr. Manhattan, just a constant threat of attack. Right. And then, then it Isn't stays. that Putin? That is Putin. Putin <laughs> totally. is, and, and Kim Jong-il, right? Like, we have them, but we can't seem to agree that they're a threat. So that they're the enemy. Um, yeah. All right. All right. What else, Ryan? What um, else? How much of a final take does it get here? He's I get, I get all the final him. take. Uh, no, okay. I think that was basically it. I was just like, I, I don't like the question. I think it's a dumb question, but we can certainly talk about, you know, some of these specifics about what I think would be the right direction to go in. That'd be good topics for future podcasts. I didn't think about that. Josh, your turn. Okay. So Ryan wants war. And Josh wants to end wokeness. Pretty clear that's the left's take because that's where we're headed. Uh, I'm, I'm actually just really fascinated by Ryan's approach tonight because the things, I mean, yeah, he, he was right about the question. He actually addressed the question of which direction we should go. And I more address, you know, this is why people don't think we're going in the right direction. So I'll, I'll give Ryan a compliment that he probably approached that better. Um, and and the poll questions probably is kind of silly, but if you look at what Ryan brought up, brought up uh, poverty, and then uh, global warming, and then he took a weird cheap shot at fundamentalists. Right, that's that was his take to the question, which just I'm sorry, bro, but that just seems so out of touch to me of why people would think that we're going in the wrong direction. But that wasn't the question. Like, why do you keep crapping on me as though I answered the wrong question? The I question just gave was, you a compliment what would be the, the right question. direction? I know. And then you crapped on me, right? So it was like well, a backhanded because, compliment. No. Way to go, I was, smack. No, I was trying to give you a compliment sandwich, actually. I was oh, going okay. To then keep compliment. going. I'll take the other compliment yeah, on the other side. <laughs> but I, I, I don't mean that. Again, I don't mean that as an attack. It just seems out of touch to think that that's what people are really worried about day to day is, is the global warming stuff and and the poverty. When we have all these, we're like we are on the brink of a nuclear war. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe that's why people are, or you know, that's why I led with not nuclear war might be a good direction. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I mean, that's half a joke, but I'm serious. <laughs> We're on the brink of nuclear war. Okay. Um, but can, I, can I just real quick, like throw something in, right? So part sure. of the reason why we've got a three week break in these podcasts is because a hurricane did hit near where I live, right? Yeah. Yeah. For the people who live two hours south of me, they're not worried about nuclear war right now. Sure. They're, right. I just got, I just heard, yes. away. Uh, I just heard from a student today, um, she has spent the entire last week, right? So last week, because we gave him time to come back. 
um, trying to help her family because her home, she lives down there, right? That's where she's from. Her family home is gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. So like, and, and then the, the next piece is many of those people, not only are they not thinking about nuclear war because they have nothing right now, they've lost everything. They're particularly the kids freaking out about global warming. So this is an issue for them. And I'm not trying to like give myself plaudits. That's really not the point. I'm saying, I think why individual people are bothered and saying that there are problems is really unique to the individual, right? Maybe it falls into political camps or something like that. Sure. But, but I think it's very specific to the individual. So there are some people who are in poverty. Do right. you think the people who are in poverty care about a nuclear war with Putin? Right. No. No. They're worried about poverty. The people who just got hammered by a hurricane, they're not worried about that nuclear war either. They're worried about global warming and the fact that if they rebuild where they built, it's going to happen again in 10 years. That, right? That's why I led with there's exceptions to the rule. We're talking about the average citizen. I actually yeah. literally said that. Well, and that's what I, because that. Ryan, you're, because I agree with you, right? It's it's a very subjective question. You don't know what they're thinking when they answered right. that, but 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 it's now seventy four percent are saying it right. There's a growing phenomenon that people are agreeing, and it might be. And you're probably right. It's probably a bunch of fragmentation of a bunch of different thoughts. But I'm trying to get like, well, what what do we do? What how do we how do we, you know. It. We're like, okay, country, let's all get together and turn the car around. Where do we go? Where do we drive to? Right? Because, because, because the, I mean, the point that we that bring up, I'm, I'm, I, I'm always fascinated by this idea that, like, Ark, we believe. I have no doubt that Ryan loves our country, and I have no doubt that Josh loves our country. But like the, but you, if I listed, had you list out the solutions to all the problems, they're exactly the opposite, right? And which is crazy. Um, but, uh, it's kind fascinating. I think, I think what we identify as the real problems is, is the disconnect. Right. No, well, yeah, exactly. Because, but, and that's kind of my point. Cause Ryan's pointing out all, we all know what the solutions are. We want kids to be fed and people not to be poor and mm-hmm. us to be entered, have good energy and not have pollution. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and so maybe I didn't word the question well to get at what, what I well, want. Your summary but there is perfect. We all want to know what that. these things are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We all, we, we all want the utopia. Um, even though Jordan Peterson had this funny interview the other day where he said the first thing we would do once we had it is break it because uh <laughs> We need that chaos. Everybody says, you know, I want to retire and go sip margaritas on a beach. That would I last don't. two hours, right? Yeah, you could I'm do done. that for literally two hours and then you go pick a fight or go get drunk or something because nobody actually wants that. There are some people who do, Josh. We just can't, right? There's something Jeez. about our psyches that like, it's impossible for me to sit on a beach for more than five minutes yeah, before yeah. I'm losing if my I mind. I have a book, I can, I can. Well, exactly. But hours. you're doing something on the beach. I can't lay on a beach, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway. Right, Josh. Um, did you have your closing arguments? What did? What do you got? You guys totally interrupted me like three uh, times. It was just like totally derailed me. It's a so let me just sum we it up. To do this at the beginning. Right. Ryan <laughs> wants to, uh, you know, fix global warming and and fix poor people. I want to go destroy Russia, murder everybody in the government, and get rid of all the woke people. That's mm-hmm. my solution. Problem solved. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, just kill all the uh, poor people. Then they won't be poor. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreement. 
common ground right there. Um, no, I actually like. Um, Ryan makes good points. Those are obvious things to do, and I don't know how to fix a lot of the stuff I brought up. We need to get rid of. We need to restore trust in the government. How do we do that? I don't know. Apart from a revolution, and I don't want that. I would like uh, to do this. But we do know. No, no, no. Well, I mean, okay, I get that. But we do know some of the things that we could do. Get. We we've discussed this on the podcast. Get rid of first past the post, so a two party system, right? Sure. That would help. Get rid of, but we're not going finance. to do any of that. Because, I know because the parties because, that are in power aren't going to allow yes, us to do it, right? So exactly. I, we we agree on this. Like these are the things we agree on. If we get rid of campaign contributions, right? So if we have government funded, but elections, we're not going to. So what do we I practically agree. do? I, I again, but we know the answer. Sure. The question is how do we how do we get those two things when the people who could change it are the people who are in power. And they won't change it because they're the ones in power. Okay, I know what we have to do. We need Tom to blow up the channel somehow so that we get millions of followers. And then we need to get really popular so we can run for president. Mm. And we'll run against each other and we'll be each other's vice president, whoever, whoever I'm, wins. I'm fine with that. But that's but, how we fix this. Then we have to make a campaign promise that is like a contract with the American people that is like a legally binding contract that if we don't change the first past the post system and campaign finance, we'll commit suicide or something, right? Like we're done. <laughs> oh, wow. Seppuku. Suicide. Yeah, like, exactly. Seppuku. We will totally do that, right? Like, because that's oh, the uh, only I'm way like... that it's going to happen. Because once we get into power, do you see what I'm saying? Oh, as absolutely. soon as you get into power, we'll be like, dude, You're like, this we've got all the power. Great. Why would I want to give this up? And no, giving it up would power. be, so we, we would have to like be that committed, right? Like, here, you guys get to implant this little button in the back yeah. of my brain that if yeah. I don't do it, you blow me up. No, that's what would have to be. Four years, unless everyone says yeah. they're satisfied. No, the, the promise would be we don't run for another term. We just want one term, and we're to going do to one, abolish to do two things. We're going to yeah. abolish the two party system. Gone. Um, I, I'd do it. I'd do yeah. it. I'll be your vice president any day, Josh. As long as okay. that's our mission, right? Like, no, that's our mission. So, we'll so just you're do gonna that run for thing. the liberals. I'll, I'll get elected for the for the conservatives, and then uh, we'll have our presidential debate, and then we'll have our vice presidential debate because we're going to be each other's <laughs> vice president. <laughs> I, Tom, can you get on that? Here's the thing. Here's my thoughts. <laughs> we're not solving that problem. I mean, and I think you guys all know that, right? It's like we're not. Not, we're too far down that road of like that, to so. reverse course and it, it is corruption right and it's all those things that it's it's unfortunately we will not voluntarily solve this problem we will be forced to address it and we still might not solve it but uh yeah through war or severe like famine or something like that right that's gonna um or a, yeah it's war or civil war right and what, like, what form is that going to take? Because Ryan and I are actually in agreement on on how to fix it. But if war happens, I'm shooting Ryan. That's those are the those are the battle are you lines. Shooting me? I'm not a well, bad those, guy. Those are the battle lines that have been drawn for us. Do you see what I'm saying? I live in right. Florida too. Right. No, you're not going to attack Florida. Utah's going to attack uh, California. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to be fighting we, with? Arkansas? Oh, no, oh, Alabama, that. right? No, the South. I'm out. safe. I'm safe, right? I've what got the whole about? buffer of the South, oh, man. right? This is so, a great book because idea. the South is basically going to go after New York and D.C., right? That, that's where they're headed, 
right? So I've got a buffer because New York, what is New York mm. going to do to Florida, right? They've got to get through Georgia and the Carolinas and Alabama before they even bother coming to Florida. Mm. Well, we need right. to war game this out. I just we've drawn <laughs> these battle lines. <laughs> So I no, say, I, I, Josh, I, you're going to shoot me. I'm well, in Florida. Who, I'm good. Who, I mean, who gets shot? Because those are the bad lines that have been drawn for us. That's why we're doing the podcast, right? Conservatives should hate liberals and liberals should hate. I mean, you talked about this in one of your points. Just because the Democrats propose something, conservatives or Republicans are going to shoot it down. Those mm-hmm. are the bad lines. And vice versa. So, yeah. so if it comes to a, a, a revolution... I, I have to shoot you by default. You're wearing the blue shirt. I have to shoot you. <laughs> so are you. You're so, just light blue. So, I mean, I, but I'm asking the real question there. Did we just kill all the politicians? I don't. Well. Uh, to, no, to what Tom was saying. Yeah. How, how do we actually fix this? We just we start just, I, don't, I don't entirely like, disagree French, with what Tom was French saying. Rev, French Revolution type of thing where we just. Possibly. Take all the people uh, up at the top of the caste system and start chopping their heads off. Well, I mean, if history gives us any, we just don't, we don't, we don't actually solve, we take good things and we crap all over them. We just tear them apart. That's what we do. Right. And then like, and only times we ever like band together and put away, put away our aside our differences um, is when we have a common foe or a bigger, a bigger problem to deal with. It's exactly what Jordan Peter was saying was like, if we had a utopia, we'd ruin it immediately. That's, that's what we do. Uh, because someone wants to be better than you know, pr- there's pride and greed, and someone wants some a little bit more than everybody else, and so it's like, unfortunately, yeah, like like I don't I don't think you could have a um uh what's the word a uh, a uh, restorer a, a fixer what's the word someone that's going to try a and savior fix- no I'm saying oh, like sorry um, yes like is that where you're going if you got a president <laughs> or someone ran if someone ran on the ticket of fixing everything right oh, okay. uh, being a what's the word um they oh i know what you're talking about they, they um uh, they would i don't think they would even they couldn't one they would never get elected and two <laughs> they would um they, there's just no one wants is there's not enough people on board to solve this right we're uh, well, i actually thought about bringing that up as one of my questions uh, since we're going off in the weeds here you don't think somebody that was just good enough with, you know, that strong of a leader could actually unify the country more than it is. You now? have to run on one of the sides. Yeah. And you, I don't, I mean, like, yeah, like Ra- right. Reagan, very powerful, um, you very, know, charismatic. very charismatic and yeah. very powerful. And I think he did a lot of good. And the country is so much different than it is that back yeah. then. Right. If Reagan came in today, I don't think he'd, I don't even think he'd make it. Well, that's why I had this, I, the, this is my thing with Ryan. Ryan and I have to run against each other, and then we balance each other out by being vice presidents, right? Right, but that's that's, that's what, what I'm did. saying. Is like, so I I told you I told I've told you the story before, right? I ran. I was in the I was I went to a caucus meeting because uh, we have caucuses in Utah, and we were um, and I go in, and it was the year that uh, Hatch was running. Uh, Senator Hatch was running for reelection. And there was a guy that was contending. It was a Senator Lillenquist. Uh, he was a state senator and he was running against him. And, and basically Hatch kind of said, uh, make sure I don't lose this. And like Hatch people showed up to the caucuses and they were there and the Lillenquist people were there. 
And they were like, okay, who's going to be the representatives that go to the state caucus and, you know, vote on these people. And, um, and I it was like, people were like, I'm hatch guy. I'm going to vote for hatch. I'm like hatch all the way. And there was like, there was, I'm, I'm the Lundquist guy. I'm going for Lundquist all the way. Right. And I was like, you know what? I want to listen to both sides. I want to hear it out. I want to like, you know, I haven't decided on it either way. Boom, boom, boom. I was the first guy out in like, <laughs> we, we went to rounds of voting and I was the first guy out. And I was like, and I realized what? Uh, nobody nobody wants the guy that's on the fence they want they want to know where their vote's going because they want their guy the only reason they came is they want their guy in office right and they wanted their so like you're a hatch guy i want hatch you're my guy right it was like i don't i don't want you thinking about it i don't want you which which is hilarious because that's what a representative government is right you're supposed to be like yes it's supposed to represent our yeah our and we don't trust anyone enough we want a democracy we want oh you're voting for him i'm voting for you because you're gonna you're basically a proxy for me making these votes casting Mm -hmm. these votes because i don't trust you i don't trust you i don't trust you want to change your mind we don't believe in any of that anymore right we don't we we really don't i mean you can see that with the actual politicians so you guys have mentioned Mm -hmm. andrew yank he is a single policy candidate right he wants uh, universal income lawrence lessig has done the same thing so he's an attorney right who wants uh, basically, he, he wants to change very specific things. That's it. He doesn't want to run for anything else. He's like, I'm going to do this one thing. This is my thing, yeah. They they can't get elected. No. They cannot get elected because of the stupid two-party system. Yeah. That's what has to change. And I think you're both right that it won't change of its own accord. It's going to take something bigger than that. Uh-huh. 100%. Isn't uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, the Democrat, isn't she? Oh, wait. Nothing. What? She just that was a good try, Josh. <laughs> I was hoping to get a rise out of Ryan. Tulsi left the Democrats today uh, or yesterday. Yes, I read that. She did. Which, she left. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I mean, about it, which um, it isn't I, saying I, a lot. She was no. kind of a big critic. <laughs> I, I think she was your guys' only chance. But I, yeah, I was just trying to get a rise out of Ryan because I like Tulsi. <laughs> That's of uh, what, what's her name from Wyoming? That's like her leading the Republican Megan Party. Bobert. Um, no. McCain. Oh no, McCain. Oh, I was like, yeah. Bobert. No, okay. No, not McCain. McCain. Um, not McCain. Uh, uh, I know who the, you're talking. The about. other vice president. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dick uh, Cheney. 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 Yeah. Liz oh, Cheney. Yeah. Liz yeah. Cheney. Yeah, because you're like, oh, no, you're going to leave I the mean, if Republican you, Party. Well, if you look at her voting record, she actually has a very conservative voting record. Yeah. She just didn't follow Trump, right? Like right. that's the one thing that she didn't do. And suddenly, Democrats are fawning all over her because of that one thing. She well, stood up to Trump. Right. And, and then, but then she's like, and I'm leaving the Republican party. And like, well, that's, you know, okay. Did Liz Cheney say she was leaving the Republican party? Yeah. She, she said if Trump really? got reelected, she'd leave the Republican oh. party. That's what she said. Oh, she I don't think she yet. did. She just lost her primary. So she doesn't have to, she's just done. She's no, out. she's just making, she was just making a statement, like a threat. Gotcha. Basically. She's just yeah. trying to stay relevant. Yeah, probably. All right. All right. Good. That was interesting conversation. And it was, um, I think that was fascinating to me. Some of the stuff we talked about. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll talk with you next time. Josh, we may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying, but there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom. And that's with a Lux bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. When I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. 
Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com.